What if the whole point of sales is not actually to get your customer to say yes? This is Don't Rush Me. Hey, I'm Maria Spear-Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. I don't know how to sell my services. I don't know how to make people see the value in what I do. If that's you, if you have repeated those phrases before, I want to introduce you to the concept of consensual sales. And I didn't come up with that, by the way. That was all my guest today. Lissa. Lissa has created a formulaic way to sell called consensual sales that's super aligned, non-manipulative, kind, and service-minded. And it all comes down to things that you can implement that make people feel calm and comfortable and collected that aren't sending them into fight, flight, or freeze. And it involves selling in a way where your nervous system is calm. How amazing is that? So listen in for how CrossFit coaching led to her gritty, no-nonsense approach, no-nonsense approach to sales, why super masculine style selling doesn't work for intimate coaching relationships and how to approach sales instead, and what a heart-centered sales methodology looks like. So buckle up for a wild ride with Alyssa Scott, a fearless female business coach who's rewriting the rules of success. Specializing in heart-centered sales, crafting high-ticket offers, hacking aligned market strategies, and creating abundance, Lissa doesn't just talk the talk. She's walked the globe while conquering the online business game. Lissa has facilitated successful 5K to 40K launches for clients and in her own business has done 74K in 30 days, as well as 125K in 90 days. You will love her gritty, no-nonsense approach to sales and high-ticket offers that blends business brilliance with a rebellious spirit. But before we get into our conversation with Lissa, here is your Holistic Somatic History lesson on Royal Hawaiian Sandalwood. Royal Hawaiian Sandalwood is obviously native to Hawaii and has been historically found in the dry and messic forests of the islands. From the late 18th to early 19th century, sandalwood became a significant economic commodity for Hawaii. The Hawaiian Islands rulers recognized its value and initiated trade with foreign powers, including China. Sandalwood was exchanged for goods, becoming a crucial part of Hawaii's early economic history. In terms of cultural significance, the sandalwood tree played a vital role in Hawaiian culture. It was highly valued for its fragrance, its fragrant heartwood, which was used in the creation of intricate carvings, perfumes, and lays. The wood was also utilized in sacred ceremonies and its aroma was associated with spiritual practices. 
Due to over-harvesting in the 19th century, the native sandalwood population in Hawaii significantly declined. Today, there are conservation efforts in place to protect and restore the remaining sandalwood forests. In terms of spiritual properties, sandalwood has a long tradition of being associated with spirituality and meditation in various cultures. And sandalwood oil, which is extracted from the heartwood, is often used in aromatherapy and incense for its calming and grounding properties. In Hawaii, where nature and spirituality are very closely intertwined, some consider the sandalwood tree as sacred. I hope you enjoyed that history lesson. Now listen in for my conversation with Lissa Scott. Hi, Lissa. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. And um, you're in, you're well, at least right now, you're an Arizonan and I have a close connection, heart connection to Arizona. It's so beautiful there. Yeah, I always feel so alive here. I remember coming out here the first time when I was 14 and I'm from the East Coast and being like, Everywhere doesn't look like home. This is different. This is something cool. And mm-hmm. uh, even now, I was just talking about this with my best best friend yesterday, how when you drive, so I'm only 40, 45 to 60 minutes from Mexico. I'm at the very bottom of the state. I'm actually closer to Mexico than I am to Phoenix, which is such like a mind. Huh. Um, and we were talking about how when you drive from the Mexican border all the way up to Flagstaff, all the way up to Zion, which is right over the Utah border. It's like you went to four states. Yeah. And so I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, um, I, it's on like our list to, um, the next time we go to Phoenix, my parents live in Phoenix. The next time we go there to rent an RV and go up to Zion because we've never been, I've never been up there. And I just, there's so many good things. And Flagstaff too. Like you said, it's all so vastly different. That drive is so beautiful. And I think in my opinion, Zion's one of the, the most organized, well-run national parks that we have in the system. It is truly something special. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, and I value your opinion on that because um, I would love for you to tell our audience, I know that you are at least some of the time living a a nomadic lifestyle. So please tell us just kind of, you know, who you serve and, and the work that you do and how it is that you got to doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So the nomadic lifestyle piece, I lived on the road for nine months Um, and then after that, I started doing these like longer leases, six months or a year places just so that I could really be in the space and be with, it sounds really tacky, but like be with the earth. Right. And so it's like the the land in the desert makes me feel completely different than the land in Tennessee makes me feel completely different than Florida. Right. And so like really getting to get into a routine and a flow with my creativity, um, and having the space to co-create with creator and also the creation, right. And really be in that. And so that's been really, really powerful for me. Um, but yeah, I, I've created a life for myself where I can work from Wi-Fi and make really good money doing it and do it in about 20 to 30 hours a week. If I'm honest, right. Some weeks I only work 12 hours. Other weeks I work 60, but like the average work week is 24 hours long. And I have a program called the 24 hour business builder where mm. I teach other online coaches to build in that same 24 hour structure that I use and love and has been serving me and my clients for the past two, three years. Um, and so, yeah, the work that I do is heart centered sales is really what's at the center of it. And we build a business coaching business specifically all around this heart centered sales methodology. It starts with a heartfelt message and then serving your heart out with big, powerful, deep offers getting your offer suite aligned, then teaching you how to sell those things in a heart-centered human way, not a robotic, not a salesy, not a scammy, not a pushy way. Um, there's a lot of masculine selling that's like close, close, close. And 
you know, I worked uh, alongside Andy Elliott's team for a little while in Phoenix. If you've never heard of Andy Elliott, he is the epitome of masculine selling and he's amazing at it. And there is a time and a place for it. Um, but intimate coaching relationships, I don't believe are congruent with this super masculine selling style that we see in other niches. Um, you can be a lot more masculine selling a car because it's a product, right? Than you can be being like, Best yeah, Buy is just the like, example that sticks out in my brain, right? Best, yes. Everyone's walked into a Best Buy and has just been like, just leave me alone. <laughs> Let me grab yes. my computer cable and go, please. <laughs> yes, yes. And like it's product based. So it's transactional. And so it kind of still works there. Um, and then after that, after we've got our dial in sales process and, you know, products, then we can really talk about how do we bring visibility and volume to this thing. And so many entrepreneurs that I talk to, uh, they say, well, I know I would have more clients if more people would just see my stuff, or I know I would have more clients if people would just take a look at my offerings. Like that's really their bottleneck. And so we have this thing called the fix your biz bottleneck quiz. You can see if you're one of those entrepreneurs, it's a free quiz. We can link it up. In oh, the awesome. Yeah. We'll link it up. Um, and I won't like spam your email or anything if you fill it out. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I literally send you personalized insights based on your quiz results. Um, that's why I asked for your email. So yeah, it's super, uh, cool to see different people being able to financially and business-wide, like read what's happening in their business after they take that and solve the problem. So that's a little bit of a long-winded way of talking about what I do, but Hey, we're here to talk for, you know, 30 to yes. 60 minutes. So. Yes. Um, I love it. And I, I really want to talk about sales specifically because I, I'm a, I was, first I was in school to be a musician. Then I went to law school. Now I'm a lawyer and sales was nowhere in that, like seven years yeah. of formal education. And so, um, I really want to talk about that, um, in detail, but I'm curious how you, how you started coaching, how you got into coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I was just a kid that hated my life. <laughs> And I say that like kind of jokingly, but uh, was also kind of not, <laughs> kind of not. Yeah, it was in a really rough season. So I graduated college with a degree in integrative media. It's called, it's a blend of graphic design, video, photo. Um, and I went and decided that I was going to work for a ski and snowboard company and be their graphics and marketing gal. And I was a department oh. of one. And it was really lonely because when I was not there, um, no one was picking up the projects and carrying them forward. So if I would take a week off, which I love to travel. I love to take a week off. I would come back and have two, three times the stress because things were behind, right? Hated being a department of one. And also that job, I have to give it some credit. It was as good as the job was going to be. I was allowed to wear like vans and camo jeans. Like I could have worn this to work. <laughs> absurd, right? But because it was a snowboarding industry, it was like, well, whatever. Want to just show up. And as long as you're wearing brands that we carry or you look like you are, you're good, right? And so yeah. that was like the vibe. We had a flex schedule and I, I milked it. I used to work four tens a lot and take Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, even though it was, it was hell. Cause I would have like a 14 hour day. It was like, it's all good. Um, and so I quit that job to travel with an ex-boyfriend of mine. And the, it was kind of the beginning of the end was we, we tried to travel for three months. We only traveled for three weeks. The truck we were uh, traveling in broke down and then we were home. And so I found myself home with a failing relationship. In my own shadow, I just told all my gym buddies and work buddies, I'm quitting my job, I'm going to travel. And like 21 days later, you're like, huh, JK, I'm home, right? <laughs> and so of course I go back to the gym and they're all like, why are you here? And CrossFitters, we talk to each other, right? So it's not like this thing like LA Fitness where you just roll up and nobody really talks to you. They're all like, what are you doing here? Like roasting me, right? And I love that, I love that. And 
Um, I'm like, well, you know, when the truck you're traveling in breaks, you end up back at home. I don't know what I'm doing. So I started to spend like three hours a day at the gym, an hour of stretching mobilization and, and empty barbell drills, uh, an hour long CrossFit class, and then 30, 40, 50, an hour of, uh, just accessory work, right? Bodybuilding style, like accessory mm -hmm. lateral flies. And you're talking to your friend and just working on random stuff. And this chick comes up to me. Her name's Gwen. She's a cop. She saved my life. I always joke around. And she says to me about after about six months of me acting like this, what are you doing with your life? Why are you always here? And I said, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I have no idea why I'm always here other than the fact that this is the only thing in my life that's like working. This is the only thing where I'm seeing fruit from my labor. Everything else is kind of a dead end. She says, well, I really think you should become a CrossFit coach because you're like always here and you're always helping somebody. Like I wouldn't just be doing my own flies. I'd be like, yo, come on, let's work on your pull-ups while I do these flies, right? Like I always grab somebody and just kind of love on them. And she was like, you need to do this. And I said, well, when CrossFit coaches, they don't make any money. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And she goes, you don't make any money. And she walks away. And I was like, damn, I needed that. I didn't <laughs> expect her. Uh, so it came from a good place. It wasn't like she was shitting, shitting on me. She was totally encouraging me. And so a couple of weeks later, I called Gwen and I said, I'm going to get my CrossFit L1. I'm going to get my coaching cert. And I tore through that manual like it was freaking smut. Like I couldn't put it down. Like I was like, oh my gosh, did you guys know the anabolic pathway? But <laughs> like, like I was on a snowboarding trip to Colorado with about six friends that that winter as I was studying and I wouldn't shut up about it. And my friend Lucas was like, you need to put this manual away because like we're on vacation. Like we're here to like snowboard and hang out. And like, I don't want to hear about the anabolic pathway. I love you. I'm super happy that you're into this. But like when we get there, this needs to go away. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, you know, a kid with their flashlight, like under the covers. It was like one of those moments on the airplane, mm -hmm. right? We had like a red eye. And so I put it away. We went snowboarding. I came home, took the test, started CrossFit coaching, and then ultimately didn't want to own a, a box. I didn't want to be location bound. So I started this online business, which has taken me, that was in 2019. I started it. Um, and it's really just been like a, a love affair ever since where I've been growing and evolving. And so it shifted from just fitness and nutrition to fitness, nutrition, habits, and intentions. And then summer 2020, 20, that was my program. It was those four pillars. And I had 11 ladies in that program and nine of them in a seven day span on their call was they, they said to me, Hey, I really want to build a business like yours. Could you like teach me how to do this? What? So I said, God, I guess I'm a business coach. I have the marketing <laughs> background. I can make them I can make them all a brand kit. I can teach them to do what I did. I had gotten like to about the 60K a year mark at that point. And I was like, I can teach you how to go from zero to 3K months. After that, you're going to need someone else. But, you know, and I was able to grow with them. And now I coach people all the way up to like a quarter million a year. But it's just, it's interesting because at the time it kind of just fell into my lap. It was like one of those things that God universe was like, hey, we got to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, now. And so then I started to build out the business curriculum and the branding curriculum and the offer creation curriculum and the sales and the sales was how I was able to sign those first 60 K clients, 60 K worth clients with not a lot of hours. I would do maybe three or four sales calls a week and close two of them. So I didn't have to do that many. I only had 10 client spots a year at that point. And so at one point I was like, I think I need to teach people the sales process. Like this is really what's setting me apart is I'm doing high ticket sales. I'm not doing high volume. Mm -hmm. This is get completely changing the coaching industry. Cause at that point, 2019, 2020, you saw a lot of offers that were under 2K still like 
1200 for 12 weeks, 1800 for 12 weeks. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't have the celebrity like volume to make the money that I wanted to make. Like someone like Amanda Bucci would, she's got a half million followers. She can sell that volume of $1,200 packages or $6,000 packages and really see, you know, a return on her time. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to sell less and go deeper. And so that's exactly what I did. And that's how I started coaching. There's my story. (laughs) Wow. 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 So CrossFit and kind of physical fitness and health, but I feel like there are a lot of business owners that do CrossFit. So there was probably like a natural transition to that. Yeah. So, so none of the clients that I had, here's the interesting thing. Only two or three of them did I know in person, even when I was a CrossFit coach, um, I would coach the gym's clientele, but that wasn't my clientele. That was just me getting free keys and a free gym membership. And then um, two or three of them every year would say like, oh, I really want to do your nutrition stuff. Like, let's do it. And I would coach them um, nutrition on the side. A lot of my clients were local to PA because they went to other gyms. Um, and I would make them an effort to go meet up with them and shake their hand and buy them a coffee and hang out. But started to sign clients in like California that I had never met that were complete internet strangers. Uh, there's a couple Indigo and Jeff, she hired me and then he hired me. They're married. And, um, the irony is Indigo's in a business mentorship of mine right now. She came back after all these years and said, Hey, I want to build a fitness business. Um, but they were some of my first clients and I, they were internet strangers. They just followed me and they were Marines and I loved working with them because they would do the workouts, right? They were like, this is sick. Mm -hmm. Um, so I used to program for them really, really tough stuff. Um, and there was definitely some, here's, here's what the CrossFit gym did for me. It surrounded me with people who weren't at work at 9am. Mm-hmm. I used to go to CrossFit at eight to nine 30 in the morning sometimes. And I remember sitting there tearful, like in my car going into one day, like what do all these other people do for work that they're here at 9am? And I wanted to know, cause my parents weren't super entrepreneurial. And so I was like, okay, what do you do? And I would go around the room and like ask one or two people every time I would go to a class and I heard, Oh, I'm a realtor or, Oh, I do medical sales or, Oh, sales and real estate. That's what I kept hearing over and over again. And I thought, I don't want to do any of that. Right. And now the irony is like you turn 30 and all of a sudden you want real estate. I don't know what it is. It's like a internal ticking clock. That's you're like, I need a property. Uh now, Now I'm super interested in real estate, but I still wouldn't want to be a realtor, you know? So it's just interesting, like going back that they gave me tangible examples of a life that my family didn't model as possible. I started to see, oh, not everyone works a nine to five. And these people work really good, really well and make really good money. Um, They have nice cars. They're at CrossFit when they want to be at CrossFit. Like started to really hack into lifestyle design, which is where the habits and intentions part of my program was born. Mm -hmm. And so it asked these women, like, what kind of life do you actually want to live in? You know, what kind of bank account do you want to live in? I know it's like a funny way to phrase it, but I make my bed not because I enjoy making my bed, but because I want to come home to a made bed, right? I manage my finances and don't buy everything at home goods that I want to so that I can live in a bank account I like. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, like understanding that. So yeah, while they were not my first clients, they were my first proof that I didn't have to work for the man. And so that Mm -hmm. was really important. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I want to talk about high ticket sales because like I said, it's, it's something I've learned kind of on the job, right. Mm -hmm. But I've never had any formal sales training. And I feel like so many people and especially women freeze when we hear sales because we don't want to be pushy and we don't want to send the wrong message. 
And we've all been in that like Best Buy or, or, you know, buying a car situation where we feel super uncomfortable. Um, and, and I've, I've talked, I've had conversations with coaches and such who are like, okay, why did you feel uncomfortable at Best Buy? Well, because people are trying to push things on me that I don't necessarily want. And that's the thing, right? So I would love to hear, well, first I'd love to hear just like the common falls that you hear people when it comes to sales. Yeah. I love this. And then remind me to come back to consensual selling. That's what we want to talk about. We'll we'll make a whole analogy um, about that. But yeah, so the, the common things that I hear from people and this is authentic. This is not me just making a list off the top of my head, right? This is truly what I hear if I'm answering this question, honestly, is I don't know how to sell my services. I don't know how it's this how piece that people get stuck on how to make people see the value in what I do. My clients that I did sign, I don't know how to repeat that process and do this predictably. And those are really the top three is the clients that they have are happy. They know that their offer is good and that they're a great coach. They have that confidence or they know that their product is good, said another way, right? They don't know how to make other people see how good the product is before they're in the product. And so their close rate might be super low, like 10 to 30% are closing because the 10 to 30% maybe like get them. They're like on a sales call and they vibe and they say yes, because there's a, a connection there. There's ways to create a connection in a formulaic way. And this doesn't mean that we're manipulating or anything. It's like, what are some things that we can implement that make people feel calm, comfortable, and collected that aren't sending them into fight, flight, or freeze? And how do we actually sell in a way where our nervous system is calm and so is theirs, right? Your person that you're selling to, your potential client, is a guest in your home, so to speak. Mm. If you freak them out and you start, and this is a very vulgar example, but you'll never forget it. You start trying to have sex with them the first time they come over, right? This is right. like dating, okay? Yeah. How are they going to feel? They're going to be like, that guy, if, a, if this happened to a guy and a girl in a dating scenario, they would be like, oh my gosh, that guy is so creepy. I never want to talk to him again, right? He just like came on to me. We would say that. In selling, it's the same thing. When you come in way too hot and you're like, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. You're like the annoying guy who keeps asking for my number. And I don't want to do that. Instead, let's think about how a good date would go. You ask me questions, we hang out. If there's a connection, we keep hanging out. There's consent involved. Like, do you want to see me again, right? You don't just keep spamming their email inbox. You don't just keep spamming their DM. You mm-hmm. don't use the F word, just following up. There's none of that, right? And so we go back and we say, hey, how can we create this comfortable environment to sell in? So that's like the first thing that I really want people to be thinking about. Wait, so what's wrong with just following up? <laughs> oh, just I always following say, up. <laughs> Cause yeah. So I always say it's like the F word. It, it sets you up two things. It sets you up for rejection. Cause if they, if they don't want to talk about what you're following up about, then they're not going to say anything. And then it's crickets. And then what do you say? How do you follow up again? If you do just following up in the DMS and then they say nothing right? That's the whole message, right? I'm not saying you can never say those words. You can totally say something like, hey, I just wanted to follow up. What questions do you have? Um, Is there a time that we can connect and figure out your final answer on this? You know, be a little bit more like heart filled there and ask some other things. Um, But even better than that is just go in and say, what questions do you have? Because that's a a question that someone can say, I don't have any questions. I'm ready. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I, I don't know that I have any questions, but this doesn't really feel like the right mentorship for me. Awesome. I'll go back to liking your stories and commenting on your stuff. Like it's all good, right? We have an answer. And that's the other thing is like keeping in mind that the, the end result of good selling is just to make a decision. It's not mm -hmm. which decision. Manipulative selling is we need a decision and it can only be a yes. Yep. Right? Yep. And so actually good selling is we need you to make the right decision for you. Because if I make you make the wrong decision, let's think about that for a second. If we're on a sales call and I manipulate you into your yes with tactics, tricks, and strategies, right? there is mind manipulators out there. There really truly are. Um, how does that client feel when they're in your container? Not good. Yeah. Shame, guilt, ick, right? They're not going to be your raging fan. They're not going to be your happy testimonial. They're going to be the person stressing you out in two or three months, asking for a refund, asking to cancel, asking what happens if they don't pay their invoice, whatever it oh, is. Man, this is so good and so true. Yeah. So like I always say, I'm not here to convince you to do my program. In fact, I would never want to do that, right? I need you to be sold on me. And then we can talk about what programs I offer, right? And so how do how does someone become sold on a friend or a coach or a mentor or someone they want to spend time with? They spend time with them. Really quickly, I wanted to tell you about one of the ways that I've worked on to add a little more ease into your day-to-day -day in terms of your business day-to-day -day and your operations, because I know you've spent so much time developing your expertise, your content, your brand, and you're not about to risk it all. And I don't want you worrying about things like, what if my client wants to cancel halfway through my program? What if one of my students rips off my course content? What if my VA is reckless with my passwords? And that's why I created the Legal Apothecary Library, which is a contract template library specifically for soul-driven coaches and healers. So if you're interested in getting all of the contracts you need to protect and start a business like that, head to the link in the show notes and let me know if you have any questions. How can you, and this is another thing, this is another big shift. I'm kind of just like randomly talking about sales here. So if you want me to be more <laughs> direct, we can, but um, people will say, oh, I'm going to just do a one call close. Have you heard that? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to meet you, introduce myself, pretend I heard you introduce yourself, get to talking about my questions, get your answers that I need to be a certain thing, and then pitch you my program and then sell you in 45 minutes. How does that feel intuitively? Or a webinar where it's basically, you know, a one giant sales pitch and then just pay $10,000 for this program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, can that work for 10% of your audience who's a hot lead? Yeah, for sure. Right. There are people, there's the rule of 10 with sales. So out of 10 people, one of them will just buy from you because they like you and they're ready. One of them will never buy from you because they don't like you and they're not ready. And then there's these eight in the middle that really are a spectrum. And some people say it's two, two and six in the middle. I like to say one, one and eight, because I believe that we have a lot more control and autonomy over lives than we give ourselves credit for. I do think that those other eight, they're waiting for you to develop a relationship with them. And if they vibe with you, they're going to buy from you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so silly because it's like, well, just vibe. Well, how do we create environments to vibe? We show up and we make candid content. We show up and we offer free calls maybe twice a month. This is just random ideas, right? Hey, I'm hosting two free group calls this month on this day and this day. Here's the Zoom link right on your story. 
come hang out with us. That's the invite, right? You can pick my brain on business. You can pick my brain on Arizona. I don't care. Just come hang out. And it's not super stuffy or super, there's nothing to sell. They're not coming to the group call to be sold. They're coming to the group called form a relationship, right? Yeah. Um, you can offer three free sessions. I actually tell all my clients once a quarter, get on your story and say, hey, I have three sessions open this week for, tell them what they're for. Not just, hey, I have free calls, but I have free nutrition strategy calls open or I have free business strategy or right now at the end of the year, I have three free 2024 planning sessions open this week. Use them or lose them. Brilliant. Who wants one? Now they know why they're booking a free call and you get to show up and blow their socks off. Serve before you ask, serve before you sell, right? Give before you take. It's the whole thing. Again, dating. If, it's dating. If a man is like, hey, I, I have some time next week and I've got some tickets to go see uh, Chris Stapleton. We'll just say. <laughs> like, are you likely to want to go spend time with him? He's going to provide value, be good company and take you to a show. Yeah, probably. If you like Chris Stapleton, hell yeah. Because you guys buy. So right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, it, but if he says, Hey, we should hang out sometime. How does that go? One ten percent of the time it'll work. Yeah. Give me right? some. Give me something else. <laughs> I actually, the guy that I'm seeing right now, I he sent me something yesterday about booking flights, right? And I was like, way to not be the guy that says we should hang out sometime. Way to be the guy that says I'll be there on this day. Can't wait to see you. I'm like. Yes. Like that's, and that's what we want to be as salespeople is we're constantly inviting connection. We're being like in our masculine and saying, I think we should connect. I would love to give you a call. This is the other thing I said, once a quarter, you should do it on your story, right? You caught that. Mm -hmm. What about the other 11 weeks in the quarter? You should be doing this in the DMs. Hey, I would love to gift you a session. Magic words right there. Can I gift you a session? I would love for you to experience A, B, and C. Are you open to that? consensual selling, right? So I don't know how to get people to see the value. Don't just, just let them experience Show them. the value. Yes. Yep. Oh my gosh. That is so brilliant because my, that, I mean, I, I think I speak for others too, because that's my hangup when learning about copywriting. I mean, I follow like four different copywriters and I just like sit and watch their brilliance, but it's like value, value. How do I talk about value? I have my own brand voice. Brand voice is laid back. I'm laid yep. back, but how do I convey that value? And your answer is connect. Show them, connect. Yep. So people feel loved when they relate with you, right? So our, our whole goal in sales is in heart-centered sales is to make people feel seen, heard, and loved. So if you go into your content with this attitude of I'm going to make you feel seen, heard, and loved, what would that actually look like? Okay, seen. I've been through what you have been through. Or I can do it, so can you. Or I know it's time for you to stop blank. Whatever just came to your mind, stop making excuses, stop. You can be fiery and feisty and ruffle some feathers, right? You can get those spicier posts in there. That's I see you. I hear you is starting to talk about the value, quote unquote, that content experts would tell you to make. What are the things, like we're talking about right now, what's the how? What are the things that you actually teach in your program? that you can do a mini version of on your feed, right? So for me, there's like four phases. I actually, each week of the month, highlight one phase. Public facing, no one would ever know this. This is internal. This is just me and my strategy. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do my focus this week all about offers. So my, I see you and I hear you and I know that you need this piece of advice is all gonna tie back to offers that week. The next week it might be sales. The next week it might be branding, right? 
And so having those themes of the week that we can then do a mini training on our story, we could do a post, we can do it, whatever. And then the, I love you is I want to hang out with you because I love you. Right? So here's an opportunity to get my free ebook. Here's an opportunity to book a free call with me. Here's an opportunity to uh, get on our live this week on Thursday. Here's an opportunity to come hang out at the networking call. You can do value so many different ways, but when you keep it human like that and your whole goal is I see you, I hear you, I love you. How do people feel? Their nervous systems are calm. They mm -hmm. feel seen and heard. They actually feel comfortable voicing a need because they know you're actually listening, right? And some of this stuff, you can literally like ask your, your current clients or your Instagram polls, like, what are you struggling with this week? And put up four different like vote options versus the question box, which requires someone to be so vulnerable, yes. right? Give them a pre-made poll. And then this carries into something that I do in the DMs as well. Ask an easy to answer question. So we're reducing friction by not asking, at least not initially, these deep questions. So we want to go in a DM. Or super oh. open-ended that, that you have to try too hard to answer. Yes, exactly. So start with a coffee shop level conversation. Hey, I saw you were in Florida. What, what took you guys there? Are you from there? Yes or no? Really easy. Oh yeah, I'm from there. Okay, cool. What do you like about it? I love that it's always warm here. Oh, amazing. You just formed a relationship. Let it simmer. <laughs> Go talk about business or your niche related topic another day. You just made a connection. All good, right? And so just like having human conversation that starts coffee shop, then goes related to niche. And as soon as you see a voice note or a paragraph, you know what I'm talking about? When they sent you a wall of text and you're like, Ooh, I asked the right question, right? <laughs> That's where you know, it's like a little green light in my brain that goes off. Oh, I should give them a call. So this is what I always say. Oh, dude, I could go so much deeper on that. I would love to gift you a session this week. Would you be open to that? That's how I'm getting these people from the DM to the call, right? And it's so heart-centered. Then we get on the call. Then what? Let's talk about this. Is that call a sales call? You tell me. You're providing value. I mean, it is a sales call because they're getting to experience it without. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of a two-call close. So if I say that I'm going to gift you a session, right? It is an integrity for me to not sell you on that call and truly gift you a session. And so I get on these sessions and I say, for the next 45 minutes, I'm your coach. So for the next 45 minutes, you're my client. I'm not going to hold back. Deal? Deal. Okay. If you find value, we'll talk about that another day. Deal? Deal. Okay, cool. That person now knows they're not going to be sold on this call. That person now knows that I'm just The here. nervous system shift that happens on you a call like watch. that. You watch it happen. They sit back, their shoulders go down, they lean in. There's all these different body language things that happen, right? Mm -hmm. We go in. I get to see, and this is something we normally don't think about with sales. Is this something, is this someone I even want to close? How do they show up for this session? Yeah. Is their kid climbing all over them? Are they walking? Are they driving? Because I don't want you as a client if that's how you showed up to our free call. I just don't, right? You picked the time. I didn't pick the time. So this was a time that you said you'd be available. You're not that available. I'm down to do the free session. I'm not probably going to say this is a fit for a client. I get picky about who I give my time to. Mm -hmm. If you can only hold 12 high ticket clients a year, you can't be giving them to Joe Schmo, right? You have to be a little bit like this person's got to be showing up for themselves. So that first call show up, I don't hold back at all. I try and solve one or two problems and create five more where I'm like, oh yeah, we can talk about that today. And I'll talk about that. And I'm like, also, do you realize this affects this, 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 and this? I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, cool. Like that's some stuff we could totally talk about. That's all I ever say. We could totally talk about it. 
It's not, you should work with me or in my program. There's none of that language. I hate that. And it's like, well, in my program, I teach this, but I'm not going to give it to you today. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not gonna another day. I always say that. And then the end of that call, I will ask them, what support do you currently have in your life? Who's helping you with all this? What support do you desire to have in your life? What are you calling in? I'm not asking, do you want to work with me? I'm saying, are you desiring support or mentorship in this area of your life? If they say yes, and I feel that I can genuinely help them after listening to them for 45 minutes, I will say, well, listen, Jamie or whoever it is, I would love to support you with this. Would you want to set up a call next week and talk about what that support could look like? Could look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. Okay, cool. I just booked a sales call for next week. Then I get on and I have a custom plan for Jamie. And the custom plan is just which offer does Jamie fit into? And there's a slide with Jamie's name on it on the first first second that she hops on. Jamie, I'm so stoked you made time today. I pulled something up just for you today. You ready to see it? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to give you all the tools to make a decision today on whether this is a hell yes or a no. If it's not a hell yes, I don't want you to do it. Deal? Deal. And we go through the slide deck. And at the end, I don't let them sign a contract. I say, you're going to sleep on it. You're going to go talk to your husband. You're going to go call your mom. You're going to go. That is so the opposite of a lot of sales strategy. Yep. Yep. You're going to go take your dog for a walk. I only want you to do this if it's a hell yes. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you. Will you, Jamie, I'm getting verbal consent here. Will you reach out to me tomorrow by X time and let me know if you're a yes or a no? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. You promise? Yeah, I promise. They just made their first promise to me. I get to see how they show up again, okay? If Jamie does not reply by 4 p.m. or whatever the next day, I'm going to say, yo, Jamie, hope to hear from you before I go to bed tonight. If not, we have a 90 days to reapply policy. So just so you know, we got to either say yes or say no today. Either one is okay, and I have space for both. But I just need your answer before you go to bed tonight. All right, hope to wake up to a message to you from you tomorrow. Hope you're having a good day. If you've got questions and we need to have another conversation, totally fine. Let me know. And I'll just leave it at that. I will always wake up to a text <laughs> every single time because they're like, oh, shoot. I'll even sometimes say, I'm holding the spot for you. And just so you know, if you don't take it, I can't let you reapply for 90 days. Why? I need people in my programs who can make decisions. Business is decision mastery. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. If you can't make a decision or at least tell me where you're at in your decision making, I can't work with you. There's been every single problem client I've ever had has taken over a week to say yes on the initial contract. Big problem. I should have known from the beginning you were a flip-flopper. I should have known from the beginning that you couldn't commit. I should have known from the beginning that you weren't ready to bet on yourself. Come back in 90 days when you're ready. Same thing with financial objections. You don't have the money? Cool. Pay yourself and I'll see you in 90 days. I'll follow Mm -hmm. up. Deal? Deal. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to check in with you though every couple of weeks and see how this is going. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, right? The financial thing, people are always like, oh, maybe she'll cut me a deal if I tell her I don't have the money. I'm not, I'm not cutting you a deal. These are the prices, right? I've made three different payment plans. One of them is 54 months long. If you so desire and you have the credits (laughs) back it up. Okay. All right. That's, that's it. That's what it is. And so that's, that's me being in my masculine and my feminine at the same time during the sales process. So Mm -hmm. like run through that. So you can see the actual process that's happening is completely countercultural to what people are used to. And that's why it works. Wow. 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 Yes. I mean, I, I, I've heard, I, I try and balance my, you know, the masculine and feminine in terms of intake and try not to intake too much, but I feel like I've heard that, you know, you've got to get them to sign when they're in the moment or else they're gone. Right. They're never yeah. going to sign. 
but this that feels being like said, if yeah. they get off the call and they are ready to sign, I'll say, yeah, I'll sign the, I'll send the contract over. Someone's begging for a contract, but like, you know, some people are like, I'm a hard yes. Can I get started today? Yeah. But you asked me for that. I didn't come on and yes. be forceful and say to you, we have to, we have to, we have to. Sometimes I'll even float out there like, oh, it's a yes. Cool. Are you ready to sign today? Oh, you are? Okay. And it's like that. It's not like, all right, I'm sending the contract. I need to sign ASAP. It's a really bad vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Once I get a yes, they have 48 hours to sign it before it goes void. So that's where I'll come in with the masculine because it's like, okay, you're ready. You just told me you're ready to do. Masculine is the doer, right? So, okay, you said yes. Now I can say, awesome. You got 48 hours to sign this. You got seven days to make your first payment. We're rocking, we're rolling. And I'm leading versus you already told me you want to go on the date, right? Now I can lead you. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, oh, this makes sense. So I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, oh, I have to wait till they ask me the, for the contract. No, but like, let's not force them to sign the contract. There's nothing yeah. worse than rushing into a big purchase. Like if your sales are $2,000 or more per unit, whew, let someone sleep on that, right? Where yeah. this doesn't work is a $500 course. Please don't hear us do this podcast today and go start doing two sales calls for your $500 thing. Right. You either it or you don't about yes. the $500 mark, right? And yes. so this is for high ticket sales. Just like I want to highlight that again too, because I've had people come come to me and be like, I've been doing your sales process for my $1,000 coaching program. I'm like, what? Dude, you're giving so much of your time away, right? So you can do it if you want, but <laughs> yeah. And last thing I'll say about those free calls, that's how I come up with content every single week. If I get on mm-hmm. free calls and I hear the FAQs that they're asking, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a piece of content on that tomorrow. Hey, Brady, tomorrow I'm making a, making you a post on this. Cool. You know how special Brady feels? Brady gets tagged. Oh, man. Right? Like, yep. Yeah. Brilliant. So this, this is the whole thing. It's And that's why Heart Centered Sales is the bread and butter of the program is even the content goes back to the marketing is based on the selling, not the other way around. Yeah. And this so, kind of leads into my last question, which is usually, you know, what's, what's one way that we can make this easier or one way to, one easy step that we can take. And if I'm hearing you, it's number one, it's taking the pressure off because there's a lot of pressure if you're banking everything on one sales call or one exchange, right? Yes. Taking the pressure off and just bringing back the connection. And that will affect your sales. It will affect your marketing. It will make all of those things trickle down and and those things will be easier as well. Yes. Yes, exactly. You're spot on. The the other thing that I would say is just getting intentional with spending time with people. It's like, just go back to connection. Connection precedes conversion, right? So if we're never actually connecting, we're going to have a hard time converting. Um, Content is made to connect. It's not made to convert. And so many people get obsessed with, how do I make this content that converts? Sorry, but your your actual goal is for it to spark a conversation. Yeah. And once it sparks a conversation, now you have a human in front of you, not a viewer, not an impression. You have a human in front of you. Yes. Um, there's something else as you were just speaking that came up. Um, you were Along saying- the lines of taking an easy, a first, easy first step or making it easier on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think what I, oh, I know what I was going to say. High pressure and high ticket don't go together. Mm. High pressure and low ticket all day. Tell me that this t-shirt is on sale for $10. And if I don't buy it today, it's going away. Be as high pressure as you want. 
but for high ticket, we need low pressure. And so it's this opposite effect, right? Low ticket, high pressure, high ticket, low pressure, mid ticket, mid pressure, right? We can yeah. do a one call close on a course that's a thousand dollars. Cause it's just not that big of a, uh, decision, right? We can have a little bit more pressure there and be like, so do you want to do it? Like a little bit more like, boom, right? We're not asking to get married. We're asking to go on a date. So we could be a little bit more like forward, but high ticket, you're asking them to marry you. So are you going to do that on the first 45 minute conversation you have? I hope not. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. really what this comes back to. And then creating um, space for what I call boomerang clients. This is the last thing I want to add is just because you did a connection call with them, and you gave value and they weren't ready for a mentor today does not mean that like, oh, my sales strategy didn't work. And business happens in 30, 60 and 90 day cycles. And with high ticket, you're playing the long game. So I nurtured someone for 11 months and he recently called me and said, I want to do one of your VIP days. I'm ready to pay in full. Where can I sign? In one day, he converted himself because we had had three different, we did a podcast for his show, a podcast for my show, and I gave him a free session and he gave me a free session. Okay. We've hung out for four or five hours now at this point, and we've been back and forth on each other's story for 11 months and he finally converted. Right. And so just understanding that this is a long game, please have other things in the mix for your low and mid ticket to get those cash injections coming in. But the boomerang client is someone that you plant a seed with now, and it comes back in the next 12 months. It's yeah. a much longer cycle. So I just wanted to also add that that's so worth it. Some of my biggest months have happened like six months after my longest weeks have happened. So maybe January, February, I'm like, oh, I'm putting so many hours in. Bah. And then June is my biggest month. Well, June, I hardly worked. In 48 hours, I made 72 grand in sales, 42 working hours, 72 grand in sales. Why? In January and February, I was gifting five free sessions a week it all compounds, right? So it's like mm -hmm. a slingshot. And so yeah. that's the other piece. Yeah. Lisa, you are so brilliant. I'm, I feel like I've gotten a free session with you good, after this good. conversation. Uh, awesome. Tell everyone where we can find you. Yeah. Maximum potency. And, and I don't take my name lightly. That's my Instagram handle. Um, but as you can see, we jammed a lot into like 45 minutes just now because we don't hold back, right? We show up full force and that's really the idea of the, the whole brand. Um, I do have also the Maximum Potency podcast on Spotify and Apple. We've got over 150 episodes on all things branding, offers, sales, and funnels. Um, we didn't even really get into funnels, but you don't need a funnel <laughs> until your sales process works. So yeah. it's all good. Um, and you know, one thing I will say on funnels is like we build out funnels that spark connection, not conversion. And so mm -hmm. connection games, funnel design, where you're going to just get more connection calls on the books is really the goal. Um, so yeah, those are my two main spots. We do a little bit. We're trying to figure out our TikTok strategy. I like can't mm -hmm. really fall in love with the platform, but my VA loves it. She's like, we're going to figure this out. I'm like, I love that you are worried about this and I don't have to worry about it. So yes, <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit on TikTok, not super a ton yet, but those are really the two main spots and DMs are always open. If you guys want the free quiz that we can link that up and uh, it's, sure. a fun, it's a fun thing. It takes three minutes that will show you what's bottlenecking you in this current season of business. So Maria, thank you so much for having me on today. Thank so you for being here. Uh, thanks for letting me be full, fully in my passion. I was fired up today for sure. I love it. You can just feel it. Thank you so uh, much. Yeah, hundred percent. Damn, right? Damn, that was a good conversation. And I learned so much from Lissa. I hope that you did too. And if you did, I'd love to see it or hear it. Go ahead and post a screenshot, 
call us out on social media. You can tag me at HeySoMaria, but I would love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode. And if you, if you feel like it, drop us a rating, a little five-star rating, a little review here on Apple Podcasts or po- perhaps Spotify. And I hope you really love this episode. I loved having this conversation with Lissa. Thanks. I'll see you next time.